Welcome to Ravel, a roundtable show about how faith gets complex with the vast amount of information at our fingertips. For some people, this complexity has caused the unraveling of their faith, and for other people, it's been liberating. Take us, for example. I'm Stephen. I'm Josh. And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of the American Christian spectrum, and as some of our beliefs migrate, we still feel like our theology is in process. Theology always has fundamentally been, and will always be, an exploratory dialogue. That alone is proof that faith raveling doesn't have to be a crisis, even if it feels like it. We don't have all the answers, so we want to use this show to model what it can look like to genuinely sort through beliefs in real time. So share a drink with us as we pull on the thread of our own pressing questions. Thanks for listening. Choo-choo-ka-choo. Welcome, train fam. Nope, that didn't work. I'm so sorry. Welcome to the pod, Stephen and Emily. How the hell are you? So good, man. I'm alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. Is that your camp song? (laughs) That's one of them of many. (laughs) What was the other one? Yeah, welcome back from camp. Yeah. (laughs) What's another one? Um, We have one about a moose dying while eating dinner. Um... We have one about being. He was a, bean. a great big moose. Was, uh, nah, 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 that's nah, a different nah. one. That's that a different one. one. No, that's, okay. no, that's wow. a different one. That's a moose Two having moose juice. Yeah, that's a moose drinking juice and then getting it in his hair. That's different. Um, it's so crazy point. that there's two songs about moose. Meese? Moose. Moose. Plural of moose, moose. is moose. Mooses? Yeah. Moose. Hmm. Moosin in the woods and moosin. It was good. Camp was good. I lost my voice, as you can tell. Can you I'm tell we're like, excited to be back? We are so excited. <laughs> We've missed each other. So badly. I think we have. Last week was the first rebroadcast we've ever done because we like looked up the weekend before and we were like, we don't have an episode. <laughs> what yeah, are we summer's do? been busy. Usually we prep for those a lot better, but whoops. Hey, that's what you get when you have a back catalog of like 150 episodes. You have options. One five zero. Episode 150. Um, To kick off episode 150, we actually... Had our drinks bought this week by our brand new patrons, Rachel and AL. And I don't think it's Al. It, like it's initials AL. So AL, whoever you are in the universe, and Rachel, thank you for buying our drinks this week. We love and appreciate your support. And also to all of our brand new followers that we have been picking up with over the last couple of weeks. Yes. Welcome. Whether thank you're listening you. through the back catalog or you're just starting fresh with our new episodes. Welcome. What are you guys drinking this week? Because I am still gaining my voice from camp, I am sipping on some green tea with honey, um, and it is delightful. And it's a big, big old mug. It's huge. It's monstrous. It's bigger than my kid's head. Wow. Not that you guys will ever know, because I get to edit this show and I can make sure I don't yuck anyone out. I'm having the kind of day where... Three minutes before sitting down to record, I was like, crap, I haven't eaten dinner yet. So I am finishing my bowl of cereal and my drink today is going to be the the milk of my cereal the, at the end the of it. The milk. Yep. Well, wait, what's your cereal? It's my favorite cereal. Uh, okay. Guess. Each of you get one oh. guess. Mm. Oh, wait, there's so Honey Nut Cheerios. You seem like a Honey Nut Cheerios guy. So close, actually. So close. Emily, really? can you hone in? Please, God. Regular? Please, God, regular don't let it. It's regular Cheerios. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. 
absolutely hands down not. my favorite cereal since I was age six. My favorite cereal, Emily. <laughs> we have a heretic in our midst, and we might need to continue this episode without it. A heretic, an atheist, and a Cheerios, a oh plain Cheerios fan. It turns out. Oh, hey. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry to all of our listeners where Stephen had to admit that Cheerios was his favorite cereal. I I apologize on behalf of our congregation here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can I redeem it and say it's swimming in yes. delicious dairy whole milk? Does that help? That's fine. Well, at least that's approved. <laughs> approved. Um, I'm drinking. I'm also on the Green Tree train, sort of. Um, I'm Ooh. drinking this blackberry jasmine green tea from Smith Tea. I made an iced tea, but I also like made it wrong like i totally over extracted it so i added like a crap ton of lemon and sugar to it to try and hopefully get like a lemonade effect and instead uh-huh. i got more of like a gatorade effect and it's and it's oh. purple which makes it even more gatorade what um so i added <laughs> to try and like drink the end of the batch i added my like bottle of negroni premix to it and what? <laughs> it's not great it is very medicinal <laughs> Oh but boy. Is it hydrating and alcoholic? You just made a suicide in your own kitchen. Did I? Is that, that what that is? Crap for you. Yeah, okay. So I, you know when you go to McDonald's and you make a suicide by putting a little oh, bit of everything yeah. in the mm-hmm. fountain soda fountain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made a suicide, okay. but in your kitchen with literally anything you could grab. <laughs> yeah. That I also hmm. You know hmm. like when you go to the bar and like you get a drink and you're like, that's not amazing. I don't know if I'd buy that again, but you'll it's like good enough to drink. That's kind of what this is. Yeah, I'm That's just saying like you started with over extracted tea. Like you got to know when to fold them sometimes. Yeah, you my friend. When yeah. To hold them. On yeah. on a better note, I'm also drinking a Bale Breaker Hazy IPA ah. to finish. So I'm like going to finish strong. You know what I mean? Beautiful. Uh, part of the reason I'm drinking two drinks this week is because I was listening to a podcast recently and it like got me thinking about this. And I think this is a great topic for episode 150. The Trinity. Is it a paradox or just bullshit? That's my opener. I almost choked on Cheerios just now. I thought you were just going to be like the Trinity and just leave it at that and be like. Discuss. What? Okay. So you should choke on your Cheerios, sir. That is one of the worst cereals ever made. Josh Llewellyn, that is not nice. Hey, Emily. I repent. What? Hey, Emily. So for many, many episodes, Josh and I turned our fake ireful sights toward you for drinking water on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, I've just only gotten it for one episode so far of Josh crushing my Cheerio dreams. And I want to again say I'm sorry. I don't like how this feels. (laughs) Do I need to provide some pastoral care? I need to actually repent. Um, yeah, I just, I'm committed to doing better because I don't like being treated like this either. First wow, off, that's very new Ken of you. Okay, Thank you. Okay, first off. Thank you. Great movie, by the way. Do not conform to the ways of the world, Stephen Henning. If you like plain old Cheerios, there is nothing wrong Live with that. Live my truth is what you're saying. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image and God's image in you says, hey, I like plain old motherfucking Cheerios, and that's okay. Oh, that's a word. All right. I have a great joke about plain Cheerios becoming Wait. a frosted Cheerio. Okay, so but but, uh, please, uh, you can't just drop that without saying the joke. We have to hear that before we move on. It is super, super long. The gist of it is, All right. it is so long. You can't the gist, gist it, it, a great it joke. Is. 
I can because there really is no punchline. Like that's the whole point of the joke. It's to fill time at camp because kids need to pay attention for 10 minutes. So it's a story of a Cheerio who moves to the big old city and he sees a beautiful frosted Cheerio and he asks her out and she's like, no, you're not frosted. So he goes to a tattoo shop and gets frosted and finally he asks her out and she says, yes. And he's like, oh, I'm going to buy you a drink. And then he like goes through all these beverages to buy and they're out. And he goes, what about punch? She goes, sorry, there is no punchline. And then that's the end. That's funny. I like a good anti-joke. I just spared you 10 minutes. Thank you. I'm telling you the synopsis. Wow. You're welcome. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, can you imagine the person who's listening to the podcast right now and they're like, Josh just teased the Trinity topic and we're still talking about breakfast cereal? Well, kidding it's, me? it's clear that uh, we have some avoidant personalities in the chat right now because you're right. That's a banger question. Can you repeat the question? <clears throat> yes, absolutely. Thank you for asking. The Trinity. Paradox or bullshit? Or some secret third thing. Yeah, why is it just two options? I don't oh, like well, that. I mean, discuss. I mean, I want your I need opinions. a trinity of options to discuss the trinity. You know what's I funny mean, is like we dropped the, the... That's funny. We should have a third option. Okay, a secret third thing to make it a trinity. I feel like forever ago, Stephen teased wanting to talk about the trinity way before he came out as an atheist. Yeah, that's when I believed in it. Oh, it was when you believed in it? Yep. Oh, interesting. So like, yeah, I was like listening to a podcast earlier and it was about the names of God. Um, from one of our uh, podcast friends, The Holy Hell. You should check them out if you don't already listen to them. Um, but they were discussing, I like to think that we are like kindred spirit podcasts because it is a pastor and an atheist. It really feels that way. I like the work they do. Yeah. They're, they're a fresh pod. You, you should go listen to them. But anyway, they were talking about the names of God and they happen to like have a side discourse about Trinity and like the the genders and names of God in Trinity. But it was like a very brief discourse, but it like just got my gears turning on like, yeah, what do I think? I've never really like asked that to anyone. Like in all of the small groups that I've been in and in all of the Bible studies and in all of the doubts and wanderings and unraveling, like I have my opinions, but I've never like asked someone else their opinions about the Trinity. So what do you think? Paradox. Okay. Because we're human and we can't comprehend. We have human reasoning and not divine reasoning. Paradox. That's my final answer survey says who knows i see it now as a reflection of the inner experience of humanity is that your answer what about wait, you josh can you, wait 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 whoa, mine's whoa, the whoa, secret whoa. third thing okay. So okay, wait, okay. Get, josh what's your answer are you gonna claim bullshit so we can all i think i lean towards bullshit these days like i really do uh, like as, <laughs> as much as I, I don't mean to like I'm, I'm saying that more for like humorous effect like I, i'm really not trying to like dog on anyone or like make them feel dumb for believing something so emily i hope you don't feel that way because like i do think that paradox is a very valid belief but i'm i think i'm leaning towards bullshit these days all right now you gotta plead your case mr bullshit and i would also argue that steven and emily are virtually believing the same thing right here but maybe i'm wrong about that like maybe as you guys explain what you think Maybe like that doesn't quite flesh out the way I'm seeing it. Emily, when you, when do, uh, what's a good question? Okay. Wait, hold on. Because you're the MDiv of the group, right? Like you're, you're trained. Correct. Classically trained. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was like, I have to, you had a class called Trinity and I don't think it was like 101 level stuff. What ideas of the Trinity did you go into 
seminary with and what ideas of the Trinity did you come out of seminary with? That's a good question. So, okay, go to the first question first. We're going to break this up. First question yeah. is... Timeline. Like the history of the Trinity? Oh, you, you want to give the academic answer. I'm saying your personal like position on it. like On the Trinity? Emily Shelton going to seminary thought what about the Trinity? Well, Emily Shelton thought nothing because I was... I was married, yeah. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Um, Emily Writinghouse, what did she think of when going to seminary of the journey? Um, I, going into seminary, had the understanding of the Trinity being paradoxical. Very early on, talking with mentors and pastors, the understanding of we can't comprehend something that is three in one and mapping it out in my head, having the understanding of, okay, God is, right? So like God is in the middle. So then we have God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we know that the Father is not the Son. And we know that the Father is also not the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Holy Spirit is not the Son, right? Like we understand that. And I understood that going into seminary. But I had a really hard time trying to make sense of the Trinity using human reasoning. So coming up with like an analogy and they never worked. So like a classic one is probably, oh, the Trinity is like water, right? Like there's three different forms, but those three different forms can't be. That's modalism, Patrick. Right. Yeah. See? (laughs) That doesn't work. See? Doesn't work. And so going into seminary, like that's where my brain was at was like, but this doesn't make sense. Like this can't work. Um, And then coming out of seminary, the answer is still that like we still can't fully make sense of this this is why like before the council of nicaea they struggled to make sense of this and as we know they even wrestled just with the idea of jesus being fully human and fully divine and that almost like went to hell in a handbasket so mm. where i'm at right now i fullheartedly believe that the trinity is will be was exists mm. What exactly that looks like, not entirely sure. And maybe that's for the best, because then if I did, then I myself would be God. Yeah. And I am not the Trinity. So Hell yeah. There you go. I can respect that answer. So would you say that um, like inherently the Trinity will always be misunderstood or like not yeah. completely understood? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We still can't figure out who Jesus is. Like just even mm. separating the three parts of the Trinity we ha- we wrestle with. I'm I'm really curious with your take initially on Stephen's statement because <laughs> like before he explains himself, <laughs> like <laughs> do you do you agree with him saying that like somehow the Trinity is a reflection of humanity? I think to a certain extent, but it, there was a phrase that. It, it was the way that he said it that threw me off. So, Stephen, can yeah. you repeat what your phrase was? Right. Uh, the Trinity is a reflection of the inner experience of humanity. Okay. I thought you said something about the past. Okay. No, then we're good. Then we check out. We're good. Oh, so we're actually good. We're just... Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Uh, before we move on to me, though, um, do you feel like there's a slam dunk like we all just took a tone of like, nope, that's modalism. You can't call it water because those are like different states. 
of H2O, right? Mm -hmm. Is there like a slam dunk reason in your mind that modalism is just not the way or not what's going on? Well, yeah, because with the example of water, it, 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 those the three forms can't exist at the same time. Like you can't, it can't be. But do same. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have to exist at the same time? I can't set that limit. I'm not God. Or like, are we looking for a proof of that? Because like, I always heard people take the verse of Jesus's baptism and being like the Holy just the Holy Spirit showed up, descended as a dove, and then we heard the Father's voice. And there's proof that all three of these things can exist at the same time and still be separate and still call each other together. Is like we see the Trinity there. And some people will argue it's in Genesis 1, 2 in the creation account of like, let us create man in our own image. Like it's yeah. an allusion to the Trinity existing then. Do those feel... Like you're comfortable citing those verses and saying like, and that's why no modalism and that's why Trinity. Yeah, okay. I'm definitely. Mm. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I, I know the last time I teased a Trinity episode was when I was really wrestling with like, what about modalism though? I was curious mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. I've since moved on clearly, but <laughs> Emily, I could see you or like someone in your position who's like coming from like a paradox of theology and like, like being comfortable with that with the trinity i could see you making a critique against steven's position in terms of like causality like i feel like based off of how sure. steven like said it i could be wrong but i the way i heard steven's first point was that he thinks that the state of humanity caused the concept of the trinity and i could see someone in your position making the argument that no it's the other way around. Humanity is the way it See, is because of Trinity, like theologically. And that's, and that's what initially like threw me off mm. when he first said that. But and I want to hear Stephen out first. I want to give a little grace okay. and hear what he has to say. I'm, I'm totally sympathetic to that way of seeing things. I think I'm going to disappoint by the end of this episode. So I might as well just like spoiler alert. I just think go for it. I think when it comes to the question of causality, it truly does come to a choice of do you want it to be God that was the initial mover or the cause of our nature being this way? Or do you see it or do you want it to be such that the way complex consciousness arose in our species gave us language and then we started projecting our nature onto things outside of us to be reflected back to us? In religion that's ultimately where i'm coming from i've cited him before and i'm going to i'm going to cite him for a very long time because i'm i'm working through his book the essence of christianity by ludwig feuerbach and the idea of the trinity in particular is actually being discussed right now in the position of the book i'm reading and I can't, I don't feel like I can speak very intelligently, like by quoting him right now, just because it's like very new to me, but I can actually allude as well to uh, a book by Richard Rohr called the divine dance. That's all about the Trinity. And it, they actually use as the cover for the book, this famous Russian icon where it is believed, like, as we look at the image, we see three people three figures sitting around a table representative of the father, son, and the Holy spirit. And then there's this void rectangle, like 
center down in the icon in the painting. And there's actually a theory that in the original work, the iconist intended to essentially glue a mirror at that void rectangle so that the observer of the art, as they approach it, would see their own face in communion with the Trinity at the table. Oh. And good Lord, I, that hits me so, that hit me so hard when I first read it when I was a Christian. And I still <laughs> think that's like incredibly inspiring and like that we can catch glimpses of this mirrored reality we see between what is viewed as the divine and what we know as human. And again, ultimately, it's kind of a boring answer or anticlimactic in a way because like, I really do kind of think it just comes back to which do you choose to believe was the first and which one is the reflection of which, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. That feels like a cop out for me to say like, I recognize and then just leave because <laughs> <laughs> now you now whatever pushback you guys have, I'm going to be like, yeah, that could be it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like. End of conversation. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of where I'm at with the divine in general, let alone the, the trinity giving a little more specificity. So, Josh, before we start pitting our ideas against each other, where are you at with the trinity? Uh, you know, it's, it's a hard one. I think that the... Hmm. Let me gather my thoughts. And I gather my thoughts, I, I hope it was very obvious that I was taking a drink of beer because I think that that is a very inspiring way to start a thought. Big so, swig. <laughs> I am definitely of the opinion that I think the Trinity is not only vastly misunderstood by Christians, but even if you believe in the Trinity, I think it should almost always be Emily's opinion. Like, I don't see any way <laughs> in which... <laughs> Like the Trinity, I don't see any way in which you can believe in the Trinity like reasonably and not hold to a paradox view Mm. versus the like, like I think what none of us hold is a very strict like the father, God is a man and Jesus is also a man and the Holy Spirit, we don't like to admit it, but the Greek refers to as a woman, but our translation says he's a man. Like, Mm. I I think that there's some very fringe beliefs about Mm. the Trinity that like get very like, in my mind, oddly specific where like, I think that in the early Christian writings that are expounding on the Bible and like arguably, mm, depending on your view, either interpreting or inserting into the text, the Trinity, I think that like you would be foolish to say that you think you completely understand it. And so I really respect the paradox opinion and Emily, I think it's fantastic and I completely respect you for it. I don't think I buy, I'm sorry, I'm just going straight into like approving and <laughs> disagreeing Let's rather than go. saying what I actually believe, go but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to not rag on that too much. I'm, I think I'll, I think I will get to my opinion. I think, um, I, I think I don't completely buy the summation that you're leaning to Steven, that is more or less, we created God in our own image. I think that I'm leaning more towards, hmm, oh man, I'm going to sound so contradictory when I say this, just saying that I just disagreed with you. I think that to me, it seems like the concept of the Trinity has been 
Oh man, what is the right verb for this? I like I want to acknowledge the councils and that like people came to these decisions and these views of God through conversation and disagreement and dialogue and I actually think that that's really important. But like I don't think that the Trinity <laughs> Okay, wait. Hot take. <laughs> I don't think that the Trinity is or should be central to the Christian faith. And many Christians would blatantly disagree with that. Oh. I don't think you must believe in the Trinity to be a Jesus follower or to be imbued with the Holy Spirit or to follow the Bible, whatever that means. Like, there's just so much obvious evidence to me that the Trinity was a later addition. And while I think that it can be meaningful and spiritually moving, and I, I, I certainly see that depiction in some of the, like, the divine dance theology or like the like kind of the the emphasis of relational theology that like harkens back to the idea of trinity and that like this is meant to be a sort of blueprint for not just how we recognize and respond to ourselves as individuals but also to other people um and i think it's a very like harmonious peaceful view of like the way that divinity relates to humanity and i think that's beautiful but i think it's unnecessary Unnecessary is central, but it's kind of a nice yeah, yeah, yeah. thing to have. I, I don't want to like rag on someone for believing in it. Like, I do think that the paradox view is like a perfectly acceptable stance. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's rational. I think it's logical. I don't think it's a cop out. There are so many Christian, like there are so many different denominations and groups of Christians who do not believe in the Trinity and. Prior to the first Council of Nicaea in 325, there were actually more who did not believe in the concept of the Trinity. It yes. wasn't until the fourth century where it was then doctrine, but there were still people who held the notion that the Trinity wasn't what it is. Yeah. yeah I mean, non Trinitarians are still definitely Christians. They just hold a different belief mm. when it comes to the Trinity, mm-hmm. but they're still Christians. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I wasn't even coming from that angle, but like, I completely agree with that. Like, we, I don't think we can just write off like the oneness Pentecostals as like quote unquote not Christian when right. they very much identify with like the, the rest of Christian doctrine, majority speaking. I also think, and uh, this is like a hard one to like have an opinion about because I don't think that the Trinity is like quote unquote essential. I think that there are many Christians who profess that they believe in the Trinity and just have no idea. The implications of that. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think it gets rattled off as a doctrine to like check off. And mm-hmm. I think that people haven't done the deep work to like really think about like, oh my God, what does this even mean? Right. We just want to say how honored we are that you listen to Ravel. Seriously, there's a lot of great shows out there and we're grateful to be in your feed. Thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology. If you want to support what we're doing, the best way to help is to tell a friend about us. We want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys, whether they're deconstructing, reconstructing, switching churches, deconverting, and everything in between. And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, don't worry, we're keeping an open book for transparency. 
For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith, so we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to know you. Thank you to everyone who's already supporting, and thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music, In Full Color. Is the Trinity something that can be experienced, or do we only experience one of them? Mm. Ooh. Can I answer before Emily? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the first meta question is, like, if you if you don't think that the Trinity, like, any member or as a totality that the Trinity can be experienced, that kind of takes the wind out of the sails of the second question. But So, this is this is what I think is really fascinating about, like, I, I don't care about, like, propagating my opinion so much as I think that it's super fascinating how much Christians actually disagree about the Trinity. Like, for instance, I think that many groups, like Pentecostal is a great example, but it is not just exclusive to them, would say that the Holy Spirit is the person of God that we experience and that we do not experience. Exactly. Or like, but like, yes. they wouldn't necessarily say that we don't experience yeah. like the other two, but like through the Holy Spirit. Like it is only through the Holy Spirit that we experience God. Like the Holy Spirit as the mediator, even if like Jesus is also the mediator. But then like there is such like an emphasis on having a relationship with Jesus, but like, arguably through the Holy Spirit. But that's not usually fleshed out that much. But like I would say that a lot of people who have an emphasis on the Holy Spirit would say that. Yeah. And I was raised with that. That's why I'm saying that. Correct. Well, and that's what I want to acknowledge about the traditions that are more charismatic and they actually call a spade a spade in that case. And they say, no, we're having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Where I was having so much trouble most recently in my Christianity was what are we talking about that I can have a relationship with Jesus Christ? I do not know what we're talking about anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it comes from this trifurcation. Well, that's a fun word. Bifurcation, but three ways. I'll accept it. Yeah. I, ju- I think I just made that up. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it comes from this trifurcation of like, well... Jesus Christ is like the personal Lord and Savior. But again, the question of experience is like, I don't know what I'm experiencing if only the Holy Spirit, which then brought me back to questions of modalism. Because mm-hmm. the way it was easy for me to compartmentalize, especially in my Calvinist days, was Father is creator, Son is propitiation. Holy Spirit is the relation, but then it gets so messy. It gets so twisted. Well, and yeah, and with, but with that definition, it makes modalism seem like a logical step. Right. Correct. Yes, exactly. Because like, if those are just the different actions of God, uh-huh. then like how they manifest. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like at, at a certain point you start asking questions of like, is this just like how Zeus shows up as a cow sometime? Like I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure anymore. <laughs> Emily, I'd be really curious to hear your take about the experience of God question. I thought that was interesting. I think it is possible to experience all three. I think we get we get caught up in separating the individual parts so much that we forget that it's called three in one. So 
we're wanting it to be three very distinct and they are distinct roles like they are distinct parts of the whole but we want to keep it that way rather than seeing the full relation Mm. of the three coming as one and so it's like you want the dance is what you're saying you want yeah i want the dance give me the dance the image that came to my mind is that i just bought myself another pint of my favorite ice cream it's the chocolate chip cookie dough ben and jerry's and the image in my mind now is like there's the ice cream there's the cookie dough and there's the little chocolate bits but like it's just vanilla ice cream if i don't have the other two things and it's just cookie dough. you know it's like there's something about putting them together that makes it my favorite ice cream yeah exactly no but and that's I, uh that's uh what's it called what's the what's the parts of god heresy what is that it's not modalism it's like the no. four-leaf clover heresy where it's like you're just like each ing- each part it's it's like you're like saying that the trinity is only parts of god like individual like sections well i mean yeah by definition it's not chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream by ben and jerry's if it doesn't have the chocolate chips the cookie dough because like, it implies that it, it can be separated yeah. And I think that's why it was considered a heresy question mark. Oh, and that's what Emily's pressing her finger on of like No, I'm just saying that like your example of the Trinity oh. as like experiencing but also you don't care and I don't care. Well, so what do like, you want from me, Josh? I don't that's know. how I, don't know I, why that's how I view you. the entire everythingness. You're not, <laughs> that we're composite about, parts put together. You're not talking about um tritheism, are you? Tritheism. Oh. I've never heard that. What is or that? It's, it's the three gods. So it's like there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit are actually like three gods. It's not one. Yeah. Wouldn't that be more like the, the Hindu gods? I think yes, but technically no. I, but that's more similar to the idea. I think that tritheism is like based off of your definition, Emily. I've heard that being thrown around as a critique against Christianity. And I think mm-hmm. it tends to be a critique from Islam. Or like other monotheistic mm. traditions that we actually worship, quote unquote, three gods. Yeah, that's fair. Like at least Islam is like, yeah, Jesus was a prophet, but there's only right. one God. Yeah, I will or admit like, it is confusing to it is confusing. to like like say that Christianity is monotheism, but also there are three gods in one. And I, but I don't know. But I can appreciate a good paradox too. But it's not three gods. In no, one. it's not three gods. Oh, you're right. You got me there. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> For all of you listening, scratching their heads, welcome to the club. It's so like... We can't comprehend. Our human reasoning is limited. And we just need to, we just need to face that reality. I will admit, Emily, I don't think that your stance is a God of the gaps. I think it's distinctly different to have a paradoxical view that is like, this is the best case solution we've come up with to like reconcile what we think about mm. theology, mm, like, mm-hmm. like as a top level construct. And we still don't think it's complete. And I think that's like a really humble view. And I don't think it's God of the gaps. I think it gets a bad rep often, but I don't think it's. Yeah. Bad, Thank you. Personally. I do. I'm going to coin another word and call it trilectical in the sense that it kind of gives us like a all yes and idea of Mm -hmm. just like both are true, you know? Yeah. Like the nature of light, right? Like wave and particle. Yes. And yes. And yeah. Do you want it to behave like a particle right now? 
observe it as such and it will be so you know it's like what the fuck are we talking about (laughs) (laughs) what think about it think about it fourth century christians were wrestling with this like Mm. they these are people who are like chronologically closer to jesus than we are and they were wrestling with this idea of like what the hell are we talking about what do you mean three parts in one Mm. what do you mean and they disagreed about it they, they weren't did. just wrestling with it. They disagreed about it. Do you think it was possible for someone who knew Jesus of Nazareth to come to a belief of the Trinity? I would think that would be so hard. Mm. Or did the, did, do we have tablets and writings and scrolls and stuff basically dating Trinity for like after the first generation of Christians Ooh. died out? You know, like I, you can make an argument that Paul is already toying with the idea but he's not outright saying it fun fact trinity the word is never used in the bible correct so like but spoiler alert for those who haven't read (laughs) we already have hints that paul is kind of thinking that way but also you can kind of argue that he's like generation 1.5 of christians because like yeah resurrected incarnated on the road to damascus jesus is different than like the the jesus that peter was on a boat with and then also ate fish with post you know it's like eh, i don't know was peter a trinitarian do you think he had any idea that that was coming for the history of the church i don't know but i know some people would argue that the concept of the trinity actually is found in the bible concept yes word outright said no but yeah i mean like i i think there's valid reasons for people to say the concept is there and that's why we have it like isaiah 9 Oh, read that one, would you? It's the one, you know, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Counselor oftentimes is a title for the Holy Spirit. Right, yeah. Advisor, oh. helper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I've never heard anyone use that verse as evidence for the Trinity. I think that I don't feel swayed by that, but and this one is a hard one to reason through. I don't feel swayed by that because I think that that is reading into the text. But also, I can recognize that we all read through the text per our episode on eisegesis. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I also don't think that that's the worst. I agree. I agree. It's not the worst, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, Emily, going back to your point, and I think that I've never, like, said this out loud before, so I am kind of, like, verbalizing this for the first time. And I just said the same exact thing in different words, back to back. I ju- that was the same exact the, those two halves of sentences were the exact same and then you did it again <laughs> to explain it you did yes sure did you're really stuck in a spiral here my friend so I uh, <laughs> yeah so I am most of the way through my beer if you haven't noticed so I uh damn it <laughs> did you forget I lost my tr- oh I remember the thing oh thank god <laughs> Thank the Trinity. I remembered my thought. Um, so, uh, Emily, I, I really liked your point about like the fact that the Trinity as a concept was not agreed upon largely until circa fourth century. I think that in the same way that I don't buy into inerrancy, I have a similar backing for not buying into the Trinity as mm. an essential topic. Like, I think that I can respect someone's opinion about the Trinity more because I actually think it does far less harm than believing that the Bible is inerrant and has absolutely no room for error. Sure. Um, I think that the concept of the Trinity is beautiful, but I think in the same way that like some Christians define Christianity as 
spending time with God and reading the Bible than like what were Christians doing for the first 1500 years if they didn't have a personal Bible to have a Devo time with. Like if you let that be your baseline for Christianity, you disqualify hundreds, if not thousands or millions of Christians who have existed before you. Yeah. And so I think that in a, I think that that's like part of my angle. I don't, it's, it's hard for me to verbalize the unimportance of the Trinity to me. <sighs> because I can like recognize its beauty and its function as like a spiritual concept. I also don't think it's unreasonable to believe in it, but it's a hard one to like bring up because I think that for most people, it's one of those things that's like so central. Central and unknown. Yeah. It also strikes me as something that has value given its almost inherent mythological nature of like there's there's like mythologically true and then there's literally true yeah many people approach the creation stories of genesis the same way right like even if it's not six literal 24 days roughly six thousand you know like it still says something that rings true and that feels like cosmically important and maybe is saying something more than just like the literalness of it or the measurability of it, if we're speaking in scientific terms. I'm still confused. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be honest. I think you're supposed to be. That's I think part, it's, yeah. But it's also confusing trying to like say what you don't believe about the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Like I find myself like stumbling over my words here and not just because I'm a little bit tipsy, but it's because like inherently I think it's a theologically dense topic i don't think that the like confusing nature is like the reason to not believe in it and i don't want to make it sound like that's my only like thing i'm standing on i don't think that that's like the thing i don't know i think if you're if you're being honest about it the trinity is one of those theologies that's hard to be either apophatic or cataphatic about it's just like a ooh, that's a good point it's just one of the uh, like i'm even thinking of it in terms of like we with mathematics can describe what a fourth dimension is or is like right a fourth spatial dimension we can describe with mathematics the human brain like you start thinking about that or you visual you have to visualize a tesseract in 3d and then you're just broken and it almost gives me the same feeling of like Mm. there's a concept that's so fuzzy that i'm like i think i get what we're talking about but like also in another way there's just absolutely no way I like my neurons have the faculty to actually comprehend that. Mm. Well, and I think that's where our humanness fails us because we're so wanting to understand rather than just experiencing. We like we have a hard time just putting the two together. Like, mm. I don't know what it's like to do drugs. I can't understand it unless I do them. <laughs> like it. It's a really bad example, but it's true. Like I, I maybe could have a guess as to what it's like to do drugs, but it is a very individual experience that people can try to describe. But even so, it's still like, wait, what? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. We're trying to put reason into something that maybe isn't meant to be reasoned out. See, I can get on board with that. I actually think that that's a very logical way to look at the Trinity. But like, I think that my underlying opinion is that 
even though I think it is a uniquely Christian idea of divinity and divinity's relation to humanity, at least as far as I can tell, I don't think it should be a central tenet. To me, it feels like one of the more mystical aspects of Christianity that for some reason has gone mainstream. You know? You're not wrong. I'm not? You don't think so? But maybe you're not right either. Maybe we're, (laughs) maybe we're, I don't know. Maybe we're just stuck. Steven, do you feel like questioning the Trinity was part of your downfall? No. No. Interesting. No, I, to be honest, like I haven't thought about the Trinity for so long. Well, that's how I feel. Like, I think that that's also partly what leads me to think that I don't think that the Trinity is central. I was taught that Christianity is built on four pillars. Trinity was the second one. So. Since when is Christianity using four pillars, like the five pillars of Islam? You have to explain what the other three were. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the, the first one was inerrancy of scripture. The second one was Trinity being the nature of God. The third one was anthropology. And the quiet part out loud is you have to accept that we are fundamentally sinful and born that way because of original sin. And then Christology was the fourth one. And that is work around Jesus of Nazareth being the Christ. That makes sense. Okay. Wait, it makes sense to you, Emily? No, it doesn't. No. Okay. (laughs) I I was going to say, come on. I mean, like, yeah, where I was most recently, and here's where I can acknowledge that some people, when they talk about slippery slopes, they're talking about my experience of thinking through these things and doing philosophy with them. But like where I was most recently within Christianity was yeah, I don't have inerrancy. I don't really, I don't think I have the Trinity. I don't even feel like I bother to work with it. And I'm not convinced of original sin either. So like I basically only had Christology. And at that point, the question is like, do I really think that guy was divine? You know, mm. but that's why they put inerrancy first, by the way. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hot take, hot take at the end. I think that even if someone <laughs> believes in inerrancy, they should still not believe that the Trinity is central because the Bible does not clearly state the Trinity. Mm. I think it is an interpretation, an interpolation, an eisegesis, a theological development that can be reasonable, I think, in probably only the paradoxical form. <laughs> but like, if you believe in like a very straightforward, inerrant reading of the Bible, why would you believe in the Trinity? That's my hot take. I like it. That's a good one. Look, if someone like Emily believes that Jesus is divine and therefore the Holy Spirit is also divine and you want to believe in a paradoxical trinity, I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't. I don't want to harsh your yum. Thank you. I, I don't want to harsh your yum, Emily. I think you do a, a killer job over there teaching people the trinity. Thank you. I am teaching a class on the trinity in November, so. Oh, Whoa. well, stay tuned for that, I guess. That's news to me. Wonderful. Very cool. Very exciting. Well, should we end this divine dance? Damn it, Josh. (laughs) Here is our Uh, final bow. Receive this blessing. May you go into the world and wrestle till you want to pull your hair out. Because you know what? You're not alone. All three of us here are going to go bald because of the stress that topics like this induces on our hearts and in our brains. But... This very topic and many others are exactly why we have these conversations because anyone and everyone should ravel out these ideas. So join us. We'd love to have you.